What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, and it is the freaking Super Bowl weekend. That is what I'm talking about. Eagles, Chiefs, stand up. Let's get it going. I got my man to Captain 37, Kevin Randall, on the program. Always bringing him by when we've got big football moments. We're going to talk about a lot of gr- stuff. Where we got the Super Bowl, we got Brady, we got a ton to cover. Of course, we're going to be talking about cards. If you like what I'm doing, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a damn friend you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs program. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What's up? How are you doing? I'm excited for this conversation. Uh, we are, uh, it seems like I always bring Kevin on um, when it, there's like this uh, big moment in football. Um, it, every calendar year, you can count on him coming on, talking football, talking football cards, and we're going to get into a lot of it. But it's Super Bowl week. We've got Super Bowl on the other side of this. We had Tom Brady hanging up. He's been at a lot of shows, so I wanted to get his feedback. Kevin, welcome back, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. It seems like we're making the uh, week before Super Bowl and then week before the season a, a yearly Stacking Slabs podcast tradition. So I, I love it. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I, I could. I can't keep track of it. I, I it's. I think that's right. It's like right before the season. Uh, it's you're like the bookends of the NFL season. So always yeah. some good, always some good perspective. But I know we're going to get into a bunch of stuff. But you're a guy who set sets up at a, a lot of shows and. I'm always interested in trying to get like a pulse on what's what's happening in market. And it seems just from Instagram that um, the hobby is not dead. People are very excited. People are at shows all over the country. I would love to get your perspective just from kind of your world, like shows you've been at, vibes you're getting, like what are what's your overall take on uh, being in market at shows right now? Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I've set up at one show so far this year it was the Foxwood show um, put on by Costa Cards and the Card Vault team. And um, I went live. I always do a, a live recap after the biggest shows to tell people, you know, what I'm seeing, you know, pulse of the shows, everything. And I, I, I got a little chippy in my live because I'm so sick and tired of hearing, you know, oh, it's all false positivity. The market's terrible. The hobby's dead. Like, and I, I said this on my live and I stand by it. Like, if you're one of those people, just leave. Sell your cards. Please leave. We won't miss you. All right. The hobby's been around for over 100 years. We'll be fine without you. Like, I just don't understand how you could like cards and then be so negative at the same time. Now, listen, the market's changed. I'm not trying to get on here and say, oh, God's cards are going back up. Everything is like it was during COVID and going up. You know, you, you buy a card and it's up 20% before it hits your door. That's, that's not what it is. Right. But, you know, the market and the hobby, I guess, are kind of two different conversations, but the hobby is alive and well. I couldn't believe, first of all, you know, it was the first time the Foxwood show was put on. So you never know how it's going to be the first time there's a show, right? It's not in a super convenient spot. So that you're going to be driving to that show. Um, and, you know, I couldn't believe the foot traffic that was there. First of all, the room was huge. The setup was unbelievable. I walked, it was, it was funny. We actually, um, I wanted to get there for the trade night Friday night, but we had a game. So I couldn't get there. And, you know, before my game started, Foxwood's um, Instagram account posted a video of the room. And I showed my assistant coach. He's like, holy shit. He's like, that's not what I envisioned when I thought about a card show. Right. So he actually ended up coming. That doesn't have any involvement in cards at all. But he saw, he's like, well, I want to check this out. I want to see what this is about. Right. So presentation is, is a big factor. Right. And, you know, the card vault team and, and Chris, you know, they know how to present a show and how to promote a show. And um, 
you know, the amount of people who told me, oh, I drove three hours, I drove four hours from Maine to come here. Like it was, it was awesome to see. So seeing a great room and, and good cars in the room is one thing and the foot traffic's one thing, right? But, you know, the question is, are deals getting done, right? So, you know, I'm in a little different, I got a little different perspective now because it's almost like there's a little more pressure on me at this point because now this is the official switch over. This is my livelihood now. So it, 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 first show of the year, bigger show. Um, I hadn't done a lot of card sales to start the year because my focus is high school basketball right now. So, you know, I went in with tapered expectations. I said, listen, if I do X amount, I think this is a successful weekend for me to kickstart the year. Um, and I said this on my life and I'm not going to talk numbers, right? But I did five times my goal on, by Saturday, like end of the day, Saturday, one day, five times what I thought I was going to do. And it's not like it was all trade and all $100 cards. Like I moved some bigger cards. I moved a PSA 8.5 Flair Michael Jordan rookie, you know? Um, so, and there was cash in the room and it was awesome, you know? So I was so fired up to see the foot traffic at that show, especially when it was a brand new show. Um, I was fired up for that weekend in general because it was at Foxwoods and I'm a frequent flyer there. Had a bunch of friend, non, had a bunch of non-card friends come. We made a weekend out of it. Um, my parents even showed up. It, it, it was cool. You know, it was just, it, the, the vibe there was unbelievable. And then to see, you know, deals getting done, it, it was just a great start to the year. And I didn't get to go to Dallas, but every single person I talked to in Dallas said that, you know, cash was flying around the room. A lot of deals were getting done. And, and the bottom line is this, right? Like, you know, I go back to what I say every, when I do the, the national sports car convention, the lies before and after, right? Like, do you want to sell cards or do you want to set up a museum? Right. Like if you if your stuff is priced right based on the market, you're gonna move cards. And you know, I was just super excited with how it went. And, and you know, back to all this, you know, false positivity. This isn't false positivity, this is facts. Like this is somebody who's, you know, there in the trenches at the show. Um, and I talked to a lot of people from the buying end, and you know, some of my friends had success there getting deals done. Others, it was the typical, you know, hey, you know, I wanted this card, but it was priced at a thousand bucks and the last three comps were all six or seven hundred and the dealer wouldn't come down. Okay, well. That's, it is what it is. You walk away, you say, you know, politely, no thanks. And that's it. You know, so every show ha has a different vibe and feel. And, and, you know, I went to this one with expectations and it was completely blown out of the water. So super excited for the show season. Uh, after basketball season ends, I really start traveling. But I, I really wish I could have got to the Burbank show this upcoming weekend. I got to get out there eventually. Obviously, coming from Massachusetts out to California, there's a lot of logistical stuff there. Um, but Anybody I've talked to who's going, who's setting up, there's a huge buzz around that show. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to hear about it. And I know that the Foxwood show um, was the same weekend as the Atlanta show uh, down in Atlanta as well. And I heard nothing but great things about that show, too. So first off, you know, back to that whole Midwest, Midwest monster versus Vegas battle that was in, you know, the fall. Right. And there was some like chippiness there. Like, oh, you know, you, you planned your Midwest monster. and We had the Vegas show like two bigger shows can exist at the same time. Right. Like, you know, anybody who was going to Foxwoods probably wasn't going to Atlanta anyway. Right. I wasn't. I couldn't travel. Right. It's during, it's during high school basketball season. So like two bigger shows that are promoted well can coexist and do well. And, and that seemed to be the case of both these shows. It was just an awesome kickstart to the year. As the kids say these days, the hobby is alive. So you hit five X your goal, which is phenomenal. Um, I would love to know kind of the profile of people that you're selling cards to, like, if you like, you know, you're at the table, you have a little conversation. Are these people like people that are buying your the stuff because they're trying to collect it or, or, or is the vibe you're getting there 
getting buying the stuff that they're potentially going to resell down the road. I'd love to maybe get a little behind the scenes on that because I think so many people enter the hobby and through Instagram, and I agree, you hear this like negativity, the hobby is in trouble, yada, yada, yada. And it's almost like, I'd love to try to figure out, I know you do the lives, but like ways that we can take what you're experiencing or what people are experiencing on the show floor and just like elevate that to like a conversation like this. So people know like, yeah, cash is in there. People want these cards because they want these cards for the collection. So maybe share some perspective on just like the types of people that kind of came up to your table and are buying cards. So I don't know if it's so much types of people. For me, it's the types of cards that are being bought. Like I feel like anybody that weekend who was looking for Josh Allen, for example, was buying it to make a profit on, right? Because now's a good time to buy Allen if stuff's down or Herbert, right? If you're buying Jordan or buying Brady, you know, I had a couple people interested in, in um, a Gretzky rookie I had. Like, I feel like that's more the collector because that's not quick flip stuff, right? Like you're not going to, you're not going to get a Michael Jordan PSA 0.5 flare rookie and have it go up 20%. You know, he's not going to have a big game, you know, in a couple of weeks. Right. So like I, I, for me, it was more so um, types of cards being bought versus types of people in terms of whether it was a collector or a flipper mindset. Um, but I mean, there's, there's a place for both those types of people in the hobby. That's why it's so great. Um, the one thing I love was, you want to talk about types of people. Like I sold cars and did deals with people from age 10 to age 80, you know? So it was, it was awesome. You know um, I've really tried to, you know, have a different price point showcase um, over the past like five to seven shows and have a, a $200 slab or under showcase because you know, the way things are. And I, I get that. And that's been a huge hit. Um, so a lot of the younger kids were buying or, or trying to trade from that showcase. And it was just, it was cool. It, it saw a wide variety of people there. A lot of uh, dads with their kids, which I always love seeing. Um, and my son, he's turning six on Valentine's Day. And I just, I keep saying, you know, when's the time going to be that I can take him to a show? Because that's going to be one of the best days of my entire life. Seriously. You know, and he's not there yet. He doesn't have the attention span yet. But he's he's big into Pokemon cards, which I know nothing about still. And he loves Marvel cards. Um, we're putting the Marvel uh, medal set together from last year. So He's got the the hobby itch, just not the stuff that I'm necessarily into yet. So we'll get there, you know, but um, it was just, it was cool. It was a great scene and it was great to see a wide range of people there looking for a wide range of cards. And that's what the hobby is all about. All right. Let's talk about Tom Brady. Um, obviously uh, we had uh, the second retirement in two years. This one's for reals, for reals. Um, I, I think, I, I think that is true, especially the money that this guy's getting from Fox on the other side of yeah. it. There's no, no reason to struggle. Get it, right? Um, you know, and I, I, I'd love, first of all, before we get into the cards, I'd love to like get your perspective on just like how you felt and like, maybe like emotionally when he hung it up, I felt, for me personally, I felt a little, uh, I was ready for him to continue to play and just this back half of his career or the, the last quarter of his career. It's like, I have definitely grown in appreciation and really enjoyed watching the live a living legend play. And I think it too, it's that connection with Manning. And now that he's gone, it's like, now there's really nothing, uh, left to associate Peyton with. So I don't know. I'd love to get, I know you've, we, we, every time you come on, we talk about Tom Brady at some level, but like when that news hit, like what was going on in your head and how are you feeling about it now? So first off, real quick on Peyton, see how pissed he was when they lost the, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't watch the game. Neither did I. The highlight, but like that guy, and I was talking with somebody about this at the Foxwood show. If he didn't have the neck injuries, he would have played for just as long as Brady. He's mm -hmm. got the passion and the competitive fire. 
the same deal as Brady, which is why they're boys and why they have so much respect for each other. Right. But I was legit sad, like sad, like dog dying type sad. It, it was like when he retired the first time, I just I thought it was bullshit. So I never really had an emotional reaction. I didn't think he was done and he wasn't done. I think a lot of people felt that. But this time you, you watch the video. It was spur of the moment. There was no like press conference. It was just, you could tell he's, he's done. And then when he, you know, he started to get choked up at the end of the video. I'm like, shit, why? Like, I'm really sad right now. This sucks. You know, and I guess sad and disappointed because you can't tell me that there's 32 quarterbacks in the league right now who are better than him. Mm. Right? You can't tell me there's 12 quarterbacks in the league right now who are better than him. Right. He's still playing at a high level. Um, he didn't have his best season. Obviously the bucks were an absolute train wreck. I think that's, more so where my disappointment stems from, how he went out. Um, that team was just in shambles, you know, and they ended up getting in the playoffs. Uh, another unbelievable comeback against the Panthers. You know, it, it, that was cool. But to see them just get dismantled by the Cowboys and how that game went down, it just, it sucked. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, all right, you know, watching the 49ers game, what happened with Purdy, you know, they're talking Tommy John surgery. He may miss a whole year. Um, Trey Lance, horrific, gruesome injury. We don't know how he's going to be coming back. I'm like, it's just like the stars are aligning. And then as I thought I saw the stars aligning, I got kicked in the balls and he retired, you know? So then you look at the Miami situation too, right? Like he, he, you know, there was rumblings. He was looking at private schools for his kids in Miami, you know, Tua might need some time off that poor guy with the head injuries. It's in, in, it looked like Brady already, already tried to get there. It seemed like that might have been a good spot, but then it came out that Miami wasn't interested. And then it just like, I will say this, I'm glad it happened quick. It's almost like peeling the Band-Aid off quick. Mm. I, I would rather have it not go on for months and months and all these rumors swirling and all of a sudden he retires. That would have really, really sucked. So while this sucks and I was sad and depressed, I'm, I'm glad it happened quick right after, you know, there's no questions asked and he's he's moving on. So, uh, you know, like I said, it, it's I'm disappointed because I just think there was still something left in the tank. And I, I really think if he went to the right situation, he, he would have had a chance to win another one. But, you know, you can't complain. He, the guy has the right to go out on his own terms. If anybody's earned it, he has. And um, it seems like he is. So uh, next chapter for him. And yeah, that's it. I've been saying whether you like Brady or you, you don't like Brady, if you're collecting football cards, you should be cheering for Tom Brady because he's at the tippy top. And now that he is gone, obviously we'll get to Mahomes, but it was really after that Brady Mahomes Super Bowl when there became a lot of interest in football cards. Sure. So I, I don't know now that I feel like a lot, we're going to get to it, but I feel like a lot of pressure uh, on like football cards probably falls to Mahomes now. But like, how do you, how do you look at the situation with like a living legend, Tom Brady, now that he's gone, like, does this change his market? Like, is there anything collectors or people who want to get into Brady cards should be thinking differently about it. Like what's your take on the situation? So it literally, it's, it's the same exact start to when he retired last year. I've had a lot of DMS since he retired of people. Hey, you know, I've, I've always wanted to pick one up. I kind of want to get one now. You know, what are your suggestions? Do you have everything? So I would say over the last week, you know, it seems like every time I get home from basketball practice or a game, I have five to six DMS from people saying, Hey, you know, I'm looking for this. Can you help me out? Do you have anything? You know, so that's, that's good. Right. So that's going to phase out. Right. So I'll give that another week or two. Right. And then I think that um, on the more common stuff, we're going to see a dip in his market. Right. It's, it's, he's gone. He's not playing anymore. Um, that's it. And the same thing happened before he came back last time. So 
then what I think is going to happen is eventually, you know, next season, the season after stuff's going to start drying up. Right. And when stuff starts drying up, you know, and demand outweighs supply, that's when you start seeing prices go up. So, you know, I, I, I've said this, I've been preaching this for the last, I feel like decade, right. I just truly feel like his stuff's going to have a Jordan like trajectory and long-term you're going to be upset that you didn't have more Brady. That's how I feel. Now, obviously anybody listening to this may laugh out loud because like, well, if this is talk about a bias there, but listen, I, I, I practice, I practice what I preach, man. Like I, I tell people the stuff that I like long-term that I tell people to go get, that's the stuff you see in my PC folders in my Flickr. Like I'm not telling you to go buy one thing while I'm trying to sell it all in a different area. That's not who I am. You know, I, I put my money where my mouth is. Right. So anybody buying Brady right now, you're not buying it for a quick flip. You're buying it for a long-term hold. And I truly believe that anybody who's into football cards, even if you're just into investment, right? If we're, if we're talking from an investment standpoint and building a portfolio, like you need to have a couple quality Brady cards in there. Otherwise, in 10 to 15 years, you're going to be really pissed off that you didn't. You know, we can transition to Mahomes, but, you know, just, I, I had to point this out because I saw somebody post this the other day on Instagram. And I, I'm like, you want to talk about being the greatest of all time? This guy literally had three different Hall of Fame careers, right? Like, it, it's insane. So in his 20s, he had 21,564 passing yards, 147 TDs, and three Super Bowl victories, right? So, like... If you're a Herbert guy and that was his career, you would be ecstatic, right? That's the 20s. Here's the 30s, 40,000 passing yards, 309 touchdowns, and two Super Bowl wins. So that's 30s, another Hall of Fame career. Then you go to the 40s, which this is just mind-blowing, right? The 40s, talking 40s, right? 27,600 passing yards, 193 touchdowns, and two Super Bowl victories right? Like each one of those decades, he's a hall of famer just by that itself. And you combine all that together and that's his career. No one's ever touching that ever. And listen, if Mahomes wins, I, the conversation is going to start again. And this is also why it's awesome. This is how Brady's going to stay relevant, right? It's almost like when LeBron came on the scene, it kind of revived MJ a little bit. Not that he needs reviving, right? He's got the MJ brand, all that stuff. I get it. Right. But you know, all the comparisons started. Can can LeBron be the GOAT? Can he surpass Jordan? Then he won his first championship. And that conversation is still in play. That's going to be Brady Mahomes. That's going to be the conversation for the next 10 to 15 years, right? Um, I just, the reason why I think that no one's ever touching Brady is just the longevity. You know, the the, the quarterback world has moved more toward a be mobile, you know, able to use your legs, things like that. Like, I, And I just don't think that equals longevity. Like, I can't see anybody doing what this guy's doing into his 40s. So, you know, in terms of why do you think Brady cards are a good long-term play? Like, he's not going to disappear. Like, I, you know, you don't, you don't want to have a guy who retires and then just fades off into the sunset. You never hear from him again, right? Because you want to have him talked about, right? So you look at the factors, the Brady brand. He's really trying to develop that, right? Posted a really weird photo today. I guess he lost a better <laughs> right in his underwear, which I was like, hey, that's, that's funny, right? But also weird. The TV contract, right? He said he's starting fall 2024. So not next season, but the season after, right? And then you're consistently going to have the Brady versus Mahomes debate, which is always going to keep him relevant. You're always going to see the highlights and things like that and the comparison. And that's what you want. You know, if you, you know, it, when you're collecting guys who, you know, aren't playing anymore, right? You don't have the the factor of, hey, if they have a huge game, my cards can go up, right? So how are they going to go up long-term? And he's just the go. I, I just don't see that ever um, changing. And listen, man, Mahomes, 
I guess we can transition to Super Bowl talk. But well, one, one, one more on Brady before we get off the topic. I'm going to put you a little on the spot, but we think about you broke down his career, um, the three Hall of Fame careers. If you had to pinpoint the one finest moment for Tom Brady, what would you attribute it to? What do you think is the moment in his career that signifies his legacy? Well, it's two for me, but I guess I have to go with the one that really got me into his cards permanently. And that was the Falcon Super Bowl, right? Like that game, it's, you know, when he retired, a lot of uh, posts were made about, um, you know, highlights of different stuff. And that was the one that people always went to, right? Like I watched the full clip of the the whole last drive when they were down 28 to 20 of him coming down. Uh, People forget it was like third and 10 of their own 15 to start that drive, right? But, you know, that that game and how that game went down really lit a fire under his market. Like his cards, they, they went like 10, 15, 20 times after that. So it also goes to show you that. So let's think about it. Right. So that was his that was his fifth. Right. His fifth Super Bowl. So his cards had not gone nuclear until he won his fifth. And he did it in the most dramatic possible fashion. So when we talk about these young quarterbacks and how important it is winning a Super Bowl, it's sometimes not just about winning a Super Bowl. It's how you win the Super Bowl. So, for example, when he beat the Rams, Rice Cars didn't do shit. That was a 13 to 3 game. It was one of the worst Super Bowls of all time to watch. It was awful. Right. So, you know, when you factor all that stuff in, that's why I always preach like how risky it is with some of these young guys. Right. Because sometimes it's not even just about winning. It's about how you win that factors into how much your market is really going to be lit on fire. And then for me, you know, I'll, I'll throw the number two moment there. It's him going to Tampa winning the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a little bittersweet for me because our boy Peyton was the only person quarterback who had gone to a different team and won a second Super Bowl. Right. So it was like, that's the one thing we had. We still got the passing TD record. Right. But Brady said to go tie that too. But um, it was such a huge deal when he left New England. He went to a franchise that was just a notorious loser, like just never won anything. And he just walked into that place and immediately made it a winner. And don't, don't give me all the, he had weapons and had the roster. Well, sort of other people who have been there and no one could get it done. Right. He just, it was a complete culture change when he walked through the building and for him to do what he did and win the Super Bowl his first year, COVID year, they had no training camp. There was nothing and do it, you know, in, in beating Mahomes, just unbelievable. That's why I say like, you know, you, you, you really think that Mahomes is going to get to seven rings. So for me, it's got to get to eight. You got to get to eight. If you want to be the GOAT, Brady beat your heads up, right? Like you can have all the stats. and all, I mean, listen, he's going to have all the stats, right? Will he break Brady records? I don't know. Those stats are easier to obtain now because the league has changed. But will he have the longevity to do it? I have no idea. But good luck getting to eight, buddy. You know, and I, I'm rooting for him hard. I'm not trying to be like a Mahomes hater right now. People know I like Mahomes despite me being a Raiders fan. Um, I have money invested in Mahomes. So I'm definitely rooting for him this weekend. Um, but I just, I just don't ever see it happening and it don't see anybody touching, you know, what Brady has accomplished in this career. So those are my number one moment. Falcons come back. Number two, him going to the box and, um, taking it down. And I refuse to talk about another moment since I'm a Raiders fan. So we'll just leave it there and I'm not going <laughs> to ruin my night by, by opening up old wounds that have never closed. So fair, fair enough. Um, all right, let's jump into the Super Bowl. And we'll talk talk cards too. But I think uh, obviously uh, I'm no NFL GM and I don't work in a front office. But I would imagine when the Chiefs were organizing this team in this year, obviously when you have Mahomes, you always have a chance. But I, I would think that it was almost like, 
all right, we're going to get things together in order this year so that then next year we can really um, go all in and make another run at this Super Bowl. And, you know, when great players, they say, you know, I don't have time to wait. I'm just going to get us back there. And it's kind of what Mahomes has done in it. Uh, you know, maybe not in his, the most glam, although he's probably going to win MVP. And it just didn't seem like his, like the most glamorous effort or the most dominant team. But here we are again, Patrick Mahomes, Andy yep. Reid. Uh, it, 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 it makes me think a lot about how Tom Brady got there and, and did his thing in some of those years. So I don't know, like now that Brady's gone, Mahomes is the guy and his cards are at the tippy top and everything, what he does, everything else will trickle down. How do you, how big is this game for him? How big is this game for football cards? Go in any direction that you want to, and then we'll we'll hit the other side and go into Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot to to dissect here. So first off, it's it's completely remarkable that they got to the Super Bowl in my eyes. You take away his top weapon and Tyreek Hill, they were they were literally NFL experts, right, saying that the Chiefs weren't going to make the playoffs, right? Yeah, you know, I think Bart Scott was one of them, right? Although I don't take much what he says seriously, but. The, the, the hot take was the Chiefs not going to make the playoffs. They're in the most stacked division. Look at the Raiders roster. Look at the Bronco, Russell Wilson roster. Herbert, this is the year. It's going to be Herbert. He could win MVP and so it's going to be crazy, right? And then, you know, when all said and done, it's the Chiefs again. You know, I go back to something Steve Young said um, in one of the Monday night um, football previews. And he was asked how important it is, how big of an impact will be losing Tyreek Hill. And he talked a lot about Jerry Rice. He's like, well, obviously, if I lost Jerry Rice, it'd be a big deal. But he, he said something that really stuck with me. He said, if you had to give me a choice between having a great receiver and a great tight end, I'll take a great tight end. And I found that super interesting. And it made me think, okay, here's a dude who clearly knows what the hell he's talking about. They still have Kelsey. And you look at people always ask, why is Kelsey so open all the time? Why don't they just double him? It is so much more difficult to double a tight end versus an outside wide receiver. Like that's just, you know, I, I, you know, I think I know a little bit about football from coaching it. Right. It's just, it's, it's more difficult. Right. So the fact that he still had Kelsey, it's like, okay. I mean, I I think that he would have rather kept Kelsey than kept Tyreek Hill. And I think Mm -hmm. that they almost kind of made that decision. Right. So in Andy Reid, man, talk about, you know, arguably the greatest offensive coach of all time, how, how he can scheme guys open. Um, The other thing, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster went down that game. McCole Harmon wasn't playing like he, he did this without his top two to three receivers, right? It, playing a team that had owned them, right? And, and Joe Burrow, the freaking mayor comes out, you know, for Cincy, what did that backfire, right? Saying that Burrow is his, you know, blood test was taken. He's actually his father. I just, just cracked me up, right? I'm just sitting there like these people have no idea what they're doing right now. They have no idea. Burrow head. I'm like, this is just, this is crazy. And the other thing that blows my mind is this goes to the next best thing conversation, right? There was actually debate on TV. Who was the better quarterback between Mahomes and Joe Burrow before this game happened, right? Or if Burrow wins, mm-hmm. clearly he's better than Mahomes. How, if Burrow won, he's better. He's not better than Mahomes. He is not Mahomes. Mahomes, in, and I love Burrow, right? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we can maybe talk later about other young quarterbacks going to the next season, right? But, you know, it's just absolutely remarkable that they're back there. You know, five straight AFC championship appearances, three Super Bowl appearances, so when we get to the question, how bad does he need this game? So this this just cracks me up, right? You know, you hear some talk like, man, if he loses this, he hasn't had the best stats in the Super Bowl. He would have lost two of three. So, you know, 
would you rather have him not get there? Like, is it better to not get there than get there and lose? That that's just, it just cracks me up, right? Like those, you know, the Buffalo Bills back in the day making four straight Super Bowls and losing them all sucks, right? But so would you rather have them not get there? Was Marv Levy a bad coach? Was Jim Kelly a bad quarterback? Like, can we, give me a break, right? Getting to this game in the NFL um, when there's so many different factors into getting there, which is once again why getting to 10 of them was so impressive, right? Back to Brady. But this game, for me, it, the result either way is going to be great for the hobby. I don't think Mahomes needs this game. I think that it, it, it would just I never I never thought the Chiefs would get here. So and that's coming from Mahomes guy. So it would be it would just cap off such an amazing season. He's clearly going to be the MVP. Um, I know Jalen Hurts in the running there, too. But I think the games he missed um, mm-hmm. are going to cost him. But, you know, I want Mahomes to win, obviously. I don't own one Jalen Hurts card. Will I own Jalen Hurts cards in the future? You bet. You better believe I will. Right. I probably I've actually got, I probably had four or five over the past few months. But as soon as I get him in, they sell. He's, he's popular. Mm-hmm. He's super likable. Uh, we can maybe switch gears there and talk about the Eagles a little bit. But the, the great thing about this Super Bowl is whatever happens, it's great for the hobby. And that's what I like from a, from a neutral bystander who has no dog in the fight in terms of it, neither one of them are my favorite teams. Right. I'm sitting here as a Raiders fan. Right. Just continuously jealous. Right. But, you know, either way, it's a great result for the hobby. It was like the Brady Mahomes Super Bowl. Either way, that was going to be a great result for the hobby. So it's, it's, it's going to be fun, man. I, I can't, truly can't wait to watch this game. I want to focus before we move over to the Eagles on Mahomes and his cards a little bit. And what I can tell you is just like the outsider looking at Brady, looking at Mahomes collectors, their market, what I'm observing, I 100% without a shadow of a doubt know that there is a hardcore Tom Brady collector base who are spending a lot of money to stash these cards because they love the guy and they appreciate him. And that's what makes his market strong. I think there's a lot of people that feel that way too about Mahomes, but to me, and I can't tell, and I've been trying to figure this out. Is it just because he's, you know, so he's still so young and it, it takes more moments for this to build up. Um, Because there also seems to be a lot of people that are just like, I want to put money in Mahomes just because he's the hot guy. And, you know, so I don't know, like, I think Mahomes just based on watching him play and he's incredible has the intangibles to build that base that Brady has. Um, But I don't know, like, I feel like if he loses, maybe that takes a hit on that group. I don't know. Like what, what is your evaluation that's, that's of that? A, that's a great point that I didn't even think about. Like how much, how many people that are holding Mahomes cards are actually Mahomes collectors? Yeah. That's a great question because I can tell you the people that are holding Brady cards are Brady collectors. People holding Peyton Manning cards are Peyton Manning collectors, right? We obviously always go toward those guys and we know there's a strong collector base there. I don't know the answer to that question. I really don't. I know that I would say eight out of 10 people that I know are holding Mahomes are probably going to have this stuff for sale if he wins, you know? So I don't know how strong his, uh, honestly, that's not just a, a, a slight at him. I don't know how strong right. any of these young quarterbacks have in terms of a collector base, um, which obviously, you know, can raise some red flags long-term, right? I think if Mahomes wins it, I think that it's going to strengthen that collector base, right? But um, the general thing that seems to happen in this hobby is everybody buys high and sells low, right? When your guy loses, you want, you don't want, you only want to look at the cards and you want to get rid of it. Right. And that's why the young quarterback market is so volatile. Right. But um, I will tell you this, man, people really screwed up at the national. Uh, I, I had 
15 Mahomes slabs, I sold one of them. And everybody was asking for Allen and Herbert. That was and a little bit of Hurts. So I, I guess some people were right. Right. But I'm, I'm just sitting at the national and I'm like, why is nobody want, why does nobody want Mahomes cards? This is, this blows my mind. Right. Like th- how crazy is this? They're already looking for the next best thing. Right. Which people are looking for seems like Brady's entire freaking career when the best thing's right in front of you. Right. Like sometimes it's okay to, to spend some safer money, even though it might not go up super quick. Right. Have that high profit versus, you know, spending money on stuff that's just super volatile. But hey, that's the nature of it. It, it happens. You know, it's been going on for decades upon decades. It, it, it is what it is. That's the hobby. And it, it's, that's not changing. But I, I couldn't believe the fact that I really, and I, I actually spoke with a couple of buddies who are Mahomes guys. I'm like, guys, I'm like, nobody wanted Mahomes at the National. It's crazy. Right. And yet here we are, man. It's just, it's unreal. So with Jalen Hurts, this is people who are like hardcore Eagles fans who love Jalen Hurts. I'm not talking about you, but I would just say at a macro and I look at the Instagram and the hobby, it's like people who have Jalen Hurts cards are crossing their fingers and hoping he wins so they can sell the cards at at the highest level from, from what I'm seeing. So, but I think obviously unbelievable season, almost a perfect season outside of his, his injuries or his injury. Um, but I think about like if Jalen Hurts were to super likable guy were to carry this amazing Eagles team to a Super Bowl uh victory, the 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 base, he would begin to start to form a legitimate base with of uh, people from collectors from Philadelphia who are going to he's going to be viewed as a legend. And that kind of it starts kind of with from within and it kind of ripples its way out. So I don't know, like I think the Eagles have a great chance to win this game. I'm I'm not well. sure. I'm not sure I'm picking them. Although I I keep doubting of the whole playoffs, so they keep putting it in my face. So I'm still not there yet. But um, I don't know. What What are your like? Talk a little bit about. You said he's popular. People want his cards right now. Talk a little bit about what you think about Hertz and what this could do for for him and his cards. Yeah. So before, I mean, just to caution people, like you know, and I we I feel like we talk about this every year, but. Please don't think a Super Bowl victory equates in your cards going up 20 to 50 percent, right? Because what ends up happening after a Super Bowl victory is the market gets flooded with that person's cards, and you don't see the spike that you initially thought you might get. So just a little word of the wise and caution from what I've seen in past years, right? But for Hertz, man, I, first of all, you, you, likability is a huge factor in somebody's market, right? I don't collect Aaron Rodgers' cards because I think he's a douche, right? And the fact that uh, all this talk is coming. To him coming to the silver and black next year, it just it, I, it, it, I hadn't it, thought about it yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here like I my buddy sent me a text of Rogers in the Raiders jersey today. And he's like, "What are you going to do?" I said, "Well, of course I got a roof for him. He's, he's on my team." It, 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 it reminded me of like the Kevin Durant to the Celtics talk. I'm a diehard Celtics fan, and the Durant going there. Of course, it's going to help the team, right? But you, you just you're never going to really like the guy, but you're going to root for him because he's wearing your jersey. You know your 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 favorite team, but you know Hertz is so likable. Liked him in college. Just strikes me as a super humble dude. And talk about a guy who's improved. That guy. Listen, anybody who said that they saw this coming with Hertz, I, I I don't fully believe you because that kid could not throw the football last season. Like he he could not complete easy passes. You know, and he, his accuracy on shorter throws and slants and things like that improved so much. And you saw it in the first month of the season. I'm like, holy shit, the Eagles are legit. He is making throws you know, to win football games. Because the whole th- knock on him was, you know, they got to win despite him. They got to hide him. You know, he's got to run the ball 20 times to win. So I guess the other great thing with Hertz winning, would it, it, it would help put that stereotype to rest in terms of 
running quarterbacks can't get it done, you know? So it's, he is just, he's fun to watch my concern with him in this game. Cause I think, I think this game, the Eagles are the best team, but the chiefs have the best player. Mm-hmm. So what's going to, what's going to show up, right? I think a lot of it's going to boil down to the Eagles offensive line, which is the best in the league versus that chiefs defensive line that dominated the Bengals last week. And that's why they wreak so much havoc on Burrow. Can the chiefs D line get that kind of pressure on Hertz? Um, I think the answer is no. I think the Eagles offensive line is that good. And I think the other thing it's going to boil down to is can the Chiefs secondary control the Eagles weapons? Goddard, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. They got three capable running backs. Um, it, the, the, you know, you can go on here. But my concern with the Eagles is, and it really, it didn't show up in the Niners game because the game got so out of hand because of the Niners insanely. Talk about shit luck, man. Like it's almost, it, it, it legit feels like, you know, I say this sometimes as coach, and like sometimes you just feel as a coach, you cursed at certain times, right? I almost feel like Kyle Shanahan's like cursed a little bit. Mm. Like he can't catch a break, you know, in terms of the, the quarterback situation on that loaded roster. But this wasn't talked about enough in my eyes. Jalen Hurts didn't play well against the 49ers. He missed a ton of open deep balls. He, he was not making the necessary throws there. It just got hidden by the fact that Niners couldn't move the ball. The Eagles kept getting good field position and they ran it down their throats. Right. So my question, if the Eagles are going to win this game, he's going to have to be on when it comes to the deep ball, because if you're the Chiefs, right, like, what do you do? I mean, it's the best running game in the league. You load the box and say, be, be the outside. Right. And you got there's no excuse. You got Devonta Smith. You got A.J. Brown on the outside two very, very, very good receivers. So I, I feel like Hurts' bad play in that game against the Niners was hidden by the fact that the game felt like it was over as soon as Purdy was out. So uh, the big question for me is, can he make enough deep throws to win this football game? And, you know, I haven't really thought about my prediction yet. Kind of leaning Chiefs a little bit, even though I think the Eagles have the superior roster and are the better team. But, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But, man, if he wins, it's, it's great for the hobby. It, it's always good when a young quarterback wins. So that way, you know, it, it kind of justifies their market, so to speak. But... um once again, I'll go back to no matter the outcome, unless this is like a shitty nine to six game, which I just Please can't no. see happening, right? Like just for the hobby's sake and for entertainment's sake, make this thing like a freaking 31-27 game where both quarterbacks play great and it was just the guy with the ball in his hands last was the one who wins the game and everybody walks away happy. Totally. Uh, so let's maybe hit some more of these before we wrap this, but I like young quarterbacks, um, I feel like, you know, there was some, there was memes out there just based on the activity that was going on in the young quarterback market going into this season. Obviously, if you placed your bets on uh, Jalen Hurts, you're probably doing okay. But based on what you saw this season from on the field, um, and then all the other factors that, you know, attribute to someone's cards being valuable and then forming a market, like, was there anyone on the young QB scale that kind of stood out to you that could have a hobby impact kind of going into next season or the future. So first off you can inject as much Josh Allen into my veins right now as you want. I I would love to pick up more of his cards. Um, I only have two or three and they've plummeted since that loss and rightfully so. I mean, they were the odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl. They completely disappointed. They got dominated and embarrassed in Buffalo at home. It was just, it was mind blowing. Right. But um, I'm still a believer in Josh Allen. I still think it's going to be him, but and obviously Burrow too. I think those are your three guys. Right. But you kind of get the vibe right now that it's like Burrow Mahomes, like it was Brady and Manning. 
with like Allen, like in the Big Ben role, who mm. once in a while was there, and Herbert sitting in like the Philip Rivers role. The oddly mm. enough, the same team, right? So like you can draw some parallels there. But I feel like the the AFC is so loaded with quarterbacks, and that's the danger, right? I mean, I would rather have my money in Hurts because the NFC sucks. It's terrible. Right. That's why I, you know, I wanted Brady to go to San and stay in the NFC, go to San Fran. Right. Like you want. That's why, like Rogers going to the Raiders blows my mind on his end. Right. Like his best chance to win is probably staying in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Right. In the shitty NFC. You go to the Raiders like, OK, good luck in that division. Right. And this is come from a Raiders fan. Right. But, you know, in terms of guys that I wouldn't mind picking up some stuff of Josh Allen, for sure. Joe Burrow, for sure. And then got to throw Trevor Lawrence in there and give mm-hmm. him some love. He started out hot. He hit a wall for about a, a four or five game stretch. He was turning the ball over like crazy and his market, you know, went down accordingly. And then they just want to run, man. And I'm a big believer in coaching and how that in situations and how that factors in. And you look at T-Law and once again, I don't have any Trevor Lawrence cards, right? I'm not saying uh, I'm sure. So I'm not going to go grab some like five to 10 K Trevor Lawrence card, right? But I wouldn't mind picking up a few, you know, in the five hundred or fifteen hundred dollar range and having those in the showcase, right? Because love Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning quarterback, offensive mind, great situation for Lawrence. The division sucks, and that's no shot at your Colts, but you know, you know, my father's a diehard Colts fan, and he is just in misery right now. He's the he's like, we, we he's like they they're not going to figure out the quarterback situation until I die. That's that's how he feels right now, right? And I can see it in your eyes. It, you, you look a little dead inside when I, I brought that up, but you know. Um, I, I just without it without a coach and without a quarterback, I had to renew my season tickets today. So no, yeah, that's, hey, that's hey. when you know you're a fan, right? Listen, you and I are two loyal dudes, man. Raiders and Colts fans. That's, you've had a lot more success than I have, but I mean, you know, regardless. But I, I just Houston sucks. You know, Tennessee. That seems like a really bad situation over there. Talk about they lose seven out of eight in the season or something. So. He's in a division that's very, very winnable. And he just won it this year. I I, I liked his situation, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm saying, hey, the young quarterbacks who I think can, that are going to be hard at the national are going to sustain some, you know, collectability. Um, people are going to be fired up over. It, it's it's Allen Burrow and T-Line, obviously the two quarterbacks that are playing in this game. Like I, I really, I almost get more curious to see what happens to the losers market versus the winners market mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. Because it's like, let's say Hurts does come out and play like shit. Right. I mean, they lose. I mean, it really should have stuff tanked that much. He had a hell of a season. Like he was unbelievable, you know, but it's just it's all about the big game. Right. Which is why when there's eight to ten young quarterbacks, people are investing in only two can be there in the end, man. And only one's going to be on top. So just such a risk always. But that's what that's what keeps it fun. Right. Maybe. I don't know if you've thought about this one, but I always like to draw parallels and I want to spend a second on Josh Allen. Unbelievable football player. Super likable guy. If the bills are on, I'm watching every second. I really enjoy watching him. So likable. I, I, I love that kid. Seriously, so likable. So likable. Um, and after the season ended, Im- immediately all I could think about was the Bills fans and the disappointment and just an awesome fan base and just like how much that one stung. And then, of course, what do I do? I draw the parallel to our guy, uh, Peyton. And I think about, so five years in the league, uh, Allen, year five, Peyton in his year five, 2003, crushing defeat at the the Patriots. They were 12 and four, dominating, you know, look like they're going on to march on and, of course, hit the Patriots. Well, 
And I think about it, and I said this to my group of buddies, I was like, everyone, the popular thing was was to bash Allen and to bash the Bills because they you know, got manhandled. But my reaction was, this guy's going to be all right. It's going to eventually come. It reminds me a lot of Peyton Manning. So let me, like, what, what do you, do you think that if I'm trying, I'm trying to, if you're an Allen collector fan, Bills fan, I'm trying to put your mind at ease a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you told me, you know, gun to your head, you got to pick one young quarterback who you guarantee is going to win a Super Bowl, not named Mahomes. I, I, it's either Allen or Burrow, and I, I I'd probably still go Allen. I, 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 you're right. It, it, this reminds me of one of those, like two losses that stick with me for Peyton when the Steelers came in, you know, mm. as like it jumped out 14, nothing. Right. Or, or when the chargers came in, right. And Peyton never touched the ball in overtime. Like it, it felt like one of those games where you expect them to win. You, you, you were already sizing up the AFC championship game and just, they never got there. Just so disappointing. I mean, as a fan base, right. When you have expectations, it, it's, it's more likely it can, it, it's tougher, right. Cause it, it, the disappointment, is amplified, right? I mean, shit, as a Raiders fan, I got no expectations, right? So they make the playoffs. I'm, I'm happy-go-lucky. Hey, they lost by 30, whatever. They got in. This is crazy, right? I don't expect them to win six damn games anyway, right? But I, I, I felt bad for Allen. I really did because he's – you can tell he's pressing. And all the turnovers and silly decisions, I feel like for some reason – I don't know. I, I understood it with Peyton because Peyton, the Colts' defenses notoriously were so bad that he felt like he had to score every time he touched the football. And it feels like it's the same way with Allen. And to me, that's kind of coaching. Like he's got to be, they got to reel him in a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like field goals are okay. Sometimes like we don't, you don't got to throw these stupid picks in the red zone. Um, I kind of feel like Allen's in a situation now, and this is where I thought Mahomes matured so much as a quarterback. You know, you don't see Josh Allen have a lot of like three to five yard passes. It's all these big splash plays. And I almost feel like he's not comfortable if he's not making those big splash plays. And Mahomes went through a learning curve last year when teams started to play him more zone. And they started to take away Tyree Kill, and he wasn't used to, all right, I'm not hitting these, these 30, 40-yard passes. What do I do? And he started living in that, you know, four-yard to eight-yard that where Brady made a career out of it, you know, living in sustaining drives. I just think it's going to be a maturity thing with Allen. I think he's got to learn. I think it's a, a lot of it's coaching too, you know. Um, but I, I'm very confident in Josh Allen. I'm very confident he's going to get a Super Bowl eventually. Um, it's just – not happening this year, which is very disappointing for Bills fans, obviously. Bolster that offensive line and get the kid a running game a little bit, and I think it'll yep. be be just fine. Let's that doesn't involve him taking an absolute beating every game. That's I want a running game. That's yeah, you know, like this, man. This is this is why I like the kid. I I reference Manning, and then I see this big ass motherfucker running around. And it, <laughs> my, it dude, it reminds me of Andrew Luck, and I'm like, get down, get you know, down. Was, that that's why, like I, you know. Like I said, I will definitely I, I where Josh Allen's market's going to be in the next few months. I'll I'd be more than comfortable getting him some cards. But man, I just if you're sitting on like Allen and T's and like you know high end prism, I'm just like man, the beating this guy takes. Like, how can you feel comfortable? Like man, like I remember there was one game this year they were legit up by 21 points, and they called a QB draw on third down. You you there's this position. It's it's a weird thing in football. It's called a running back. And he can run the football. It's crazy. Crazy Bill's coaching staff, right? And, you know, Ken Dorsey's drawing up, you know, QB draws when you're up 21 points. And Allen got pummeled by three different – and, of course, he gets up all fired up. Yeah, you're a big dude, but, like, what happened to Cam Newton, man? Mm-hmm. Right? He was a big dude running the football. Everybody thought was invincible and Superman. And look at his career. Like, these hits, they take a toll. I really, really hope that they – you know, listen, 
part of his greatness as a young quarterback and, you know, the, the people's attraction to him is the fact that he does run. So you're never going to take that completely away. Right. But just slide once in a while, man. Oh man. Like just give the ball to running back once in a while, offensive coordinator. It's just, he, he takes too much of a beating. I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here to close this out here. I need your Super Bowl prediction officially, and I need your MVP and just, Talk to me a little bit of how it's going to get there. Like what's going to happen in the game that leads us to these outcomes. Yeah. So I, I don't see any way that the two quarterbacks don't win MVP. Cause I, I think for either, either of the teams to win, it's going to have to be a bigger game from the quarterback. I'm taking the chiefs 27, 24. Um, I just think that they've been there before. Um, I'm real. I talk about the, the two weeks being a blessing. I, I hate the two weeks between the Super hate it. But this year, I love it because it's given him some time to heal, hopefully. Um, you could tell he was gimpy in that game last week, you know, and he's really going to have to – he's going to have to get some first downs with his legs. And I'm really hoping that, you know, the two weeks he's got a chance to – he's not going to be 100%. It's a high ankle sprain. That's usually a four- to six-week injury, right? But I think that – for me, it comes down to coaching, right? I think no matter what the Eagles' defense is going to do – and their defensive line is unbelievable too. But I think that Andy Reid is so good at scheming up you know, ways to get Kelsey open and things like that. I'm going to give the slight, slight edge to the Chiefs, and it's going to be a hell of a game, you know. But I, I but put it this way, like, I, I'll end with this, like, game on the line, two-minute drill drive, you need a touchdown to win. Who are you more confident in, Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? And the answer for me is a no-brainer right there. So I'm, I'm going with the best player, and we'll see what happens. It should be fun. Are you are you going to be setting up anywhere here in the coming weeks or months? Any any place you want to plug that if anyone's listening, they can come stop by your table? Yeah. So uh, my first local Dead and Mass show is on the 20th, President's Day, um, on a Monday. And then the end of February, I'm setting up at the Mohegan Sun card show um, for the first time. It's a two-day show, uh, February 25th and 26th. And then after that is first travel of the year. I'm heading to Chicago Sports Spectacular, uh, middle of March. And once again, it's awesome. It times up with the first weekend of March Madness. That was super fun last year um, to be following scores at the show and then going out afterwards and watching games. So that was awesome. So super excited for that. So like I said, that, that Foxwood show was a great way to kick off the year. And once high school basketball season ends, it's it's full goal for me. And I can't wait. Awesome. You can go find him at a local show near you. Kevin, man, always having fun talking football and football cards. You take care, man. Bye, Brett. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Love having Kevin on the program, always bringing his takes and perspective on football and football cards. Go check him out at DeCaptain37 and make sure you stop by his table at the next show he is at and you're at and tell him that the Stacking Slabs podcast sent you. Take care. Enjoy the game. Talk to you next week. 